0: I've alluded to on several occasions that it would be of great clinical utility if we had drugs that could limit the development of hyperkalemia allowing use of renin angiotensin system blockers. When you think about that strategy, uh, potassium binding agents come to mind. Now for the last 50 years, the only potassium binding agent that we had was sodium polystyrene sulfonate. That was actually approved back in uh, 1958. But interestingly, there's really no evidence that this drug has a great potassium lowering effect beyond the sorbitol that it's frequently co-administered with. That is, if you look at the data critically, the ability of KXlate to lower potassium can be largely explained by the increase in stool volume that's brought about by the co-administration of sorbitol. And in fact, because of the diarrhea, the stool volume effect of sorbitol, this has really become a totally irrational way to chronically manage hyperkalemia. It's a very poorly tolerated drug and rarely it can be associated with adverse uh, and serious gastrointestinal side effects. In fact, the only clinical trial that's ever been done was only about a month in duration, and it's shown here. They took a group of individuals who had mild hyperkalemia. They were able to show that the k did have a uh, lowering effect, Uh, but I would just mention to you that there was only about 30 or so subjects in this trial, and it was a very short duration. And again, I would just, hazard to say that chronically, Kxlate is very poorly tolerated, and as I alluded to, can be associated with severe GI side effects. Because of this limitation, there's been a need for newer potassium-binding drugs that are effective and well-tolerated. And we now have two newer agents. The first one I'd like to just briefly mention is called Patiromer. This is a polymer. Uh, it binds potassium in the lumen of the GI tract. It does so in exchange for ca- calcium. And as I will show you, there have now been several trials showing that the utilization of this drug can enable the use of renin angiotensin system blockers and limit the development of hyperkalemia. So this drug binds potassium in the lumen of the GI tract by lowering the free potassium in the lumen it now creates a favorable gradient for blood potassium to diffuse into the colon, where again it binds to the polymer. There are uh, several trials that have been conducted to show the efficacy and tolerability of this drug. The first one published here by Matt Weir and colleagues in the New England Journal, they took CKD patients who were on RAS inhibitors and treated them for a four week period at various doses demonstrating a favorable effect on reducing the plasma potassium, and then underwent a withdrawal phase where of those who were controlled, they either had the drug discontinued or they were continued on the drug for an additional period of time. During the treatment phase, you can see here at varying uh, subgroups of elevated plasma potassium, all of these individuals had control of their plasma potassium by the end of the four weeks. This, I would like to emphasize occurred despite the fact that 100% of these individuals were taking renin angiotensin system blockers. So despite the use of ongoing RAS inhibitor therapy, the pateromere was able to control the plasma potassium. In the withdrawal phase of those who were controlled at the end of that four week period, if you now stop the pateromere you can see that in the placebo group, that is those individuals who stopped it, the plasma potassium significantly increased as compared to those who remained on the polymer for several week uh, withdrawal phase. So after controlling the plasma potassium, if you stopped it, i.e. the placebo group, the hyperkalemia reoccurred, whereas it was much better controlled if you remained on the pteromir therapy. Once again, it's worthwhile emphasizing that all of these individuals were on renin and system blockers. The efficacy of uh, the drug during this withdrawal phase was uniform across all of these subgroups. So whether you had diabetes, heart failure, the degree of potassium, max dose of RAS inhibitor, age or sex, it made no difference the Pateramere-treated patients were able to better maintain control of the potassium as compared to a placebo group across all of these baseline characteristics. As to to tolerability, it was a well-tolerated drug. Uh, uh, There are patients who can get some GI side effects, some constipation, a small amount of diarrhea, In the clinical trial data, about 5% or so subjects get hypomagnesemic. So where indicated, you may have to monitor the plasma magnesium, again, a small percentage of patients. But in general, this is a very well tolerated uh, drug. Adverse events that were noted during the withdrawal phase, uh, once again, similar, a small number of individuals getting some constipation and diarrhea but no real difference between the placebo group in terms of adverse or serious adverse events. Now, Bacris and his colleagues asked the question, would pteromir be useful on a chronic basis? And so they conducted this 52 week trial in a cohort of patients who had diabetes. Once again, all of these individuals were taking renin angiotensin system blockers. And note that you could control the plasma potassium into the normal range, and a group of people who came in with hyperkalemia, again showing the durability of this effect. And again, notice here at the end of the year when they stopped the pateromere, the hyperkalemia tended to reoccur. So, again, long term data showing that pateromere can enable the use of renin angiotensin system blockers and enable the use of these drugs in such a way that hyperkalemia is prevented. The other drug that's now become available is called sodium zirconium cyclosilicate. This again is a crystalline structure that it binds potassium and it does so in exchange for sodium. Once again, it's, you take it by mouth, it is not systemically absorbed. As it binds the potassium, it lowers the free potassium concentration in the lumen of the GI tract, allowing potassium now to diffuse from blood into the lumen, causing a reduction in the plasma concentration. It's a crystalline structure designed to be highly specific for potassium. The only other thing it seems to bind to is ammonium uh, NH4+. Again, several trials have now shown the efficacy of this drug. The harmonized trial was a double-blind placebo-controlled trial looking at the zirconium product in a group of hyperkalemic subjects. The drug was given three times per day over the initial 48 hours, and then given once a day uh, thereafter. And this study looked at several doses. A gr- uh, variety of comorbidity patients were enrolled to include heart failure, diabetes, and about two thirds of these individuals were taking renin angiotensin system blockers. So, if we look at the efficacy of uh, the drug over the initial forty-eight hours when the drug was being given three times per day, again as compared to the placebo group, notice how the potassium was rendered into the normal range, again, across a wide range of underlying risk factors, CKD, EGFR reduction, heart failure, RAS inhibitor therapy, and various levels of baseline potassium. In all of these groups, the drug was quite efficacious in controlling the plasma potassium. This just looks at the various doses that were utilized, five, 10 or 15 gram dose, the 15 gram dose is not particularly used commonly, mark the five and the 10 gram. But again, you see somewhat of a dose response relationship here that was found in that trial. Uh, the side effects, uh, again, very well tolerated. Uh, in fact, the, there was no real side effects other than a dose dependent uh, increase in edema. Uh, this may be related to the sodium load of the drug. and uh, But as I say, this 15 gram dose was really uh, is not utilized very commonly. Interestingly, hypokalemia, either with pteromyl or zirconium is quite uncommon. uh, Despite the fact that this is a potassium-lowering drug, hypokalemia can occur, but it's distinctly uncommon. A second study looking at the zirconium product published by Packham and colleagues. Again, uh, a group of individuals came in with hyperkalemia, initially treated with three times per day for 48 hours, and then switched to once a day therapy. And after controlling the plasma potassium, again, there was this withdrawal phase uh, to look at uh, what would happen if you stop the drug versus continue on it. In the first 48 hours, the potassium rapidly falls. In this particular trial, as early as one hour, there was already a statistically significant reduction in the plasma potassium. At the end of the 48 hours, you then underwent this withdrawal phase. So on the bottom uh, dots here, these are individuals who remained on the drug, whereas if you stopped it, the hyperkalemia tended to reoccur. Again, adverse events during this initial 48 hours and in the withdrawal phase, Uh, Again, well-tolerated drug. The adverse events were really no different than in placebo. Once again, the only uh, adverse event that's been noted with the zirconium is a dose-dependent increase in the peripheral edema.